What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Eric Oakry, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, coming at you, talking Lions football, as we always do, because I love when people drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in now. Side of cornbread. Cornbread! Make it a double. Cornbread! And you, you would think I'm down. You would think I'm upset. You would think I'm frustrated by the Lions starting 1-5. and five. And I'm all those things. But today on the show, I'm going to break down the loyal, the diehard, the amazing Detroit Kool-Aid drinker type approach versus the SOL. We've never won, so we never will win. Woe is me. Overreaction theater type fans. I'll give you the approach, I'll give you takes, I'll give you outlooks from each on the back part of the show. Normally I do my Twitter segment where I give you guys shout outs and I talk about what I'm seeing online today. I'm taking that out, I'm changing that up, I'm coming back to it because I know you guys loved it, a lot of you coming back, oh Oakry, thanks for saying me on the show, thanks for giving me a shout, thanks for reading my take. No problem, man. I totally appreciate everybody out there, and it's it's fun to interact with you. It's fun to give you some love here on the podcast, no doubt about it. But we're skipping it today because I got a hot take. I got something you're going to want to hear. I got something that might blow your mind, something that might get you fired up. We're going to spend a whole segment on that. I can't wait to do that. And then we're getting to the Miami preview. The Dolphins coming to Ford Field to play the Lions. Tua, all that speed against Dan Campbell and the Lions needing a victory. Give you that little bit of a breakdown, try to entertain you, as well as my score prediction, how I see it going down, and uh, everything else in between. So, everybody, what do I often say? Let's not mess around. Let's get right into it. Let's talk some Lions football. I'm going to start, as I said, with the Kool-Aid drinker approach, the positive approach, the big picture outlook on things that are going on with the Lions. So I, I don't know if many of you noticed. I know some of you were hating. I heard the word bust thrown around. But uh, this guy was creeping once again. Getting after quarterbacks. I mean, dare I say, unleash Hutch. Unleash Hutch. <laughs> you guys have seen my tweets. You've seen the throwback 
97 jersey that I'm putting up on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Oakery. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Former Tracy Scroggins jersey that I got on eBay. Took the nameplate off. Got the old school 97 from, I think, 2001, um, I believe it is. Just just my favorite jersey. I mean, it's by I got a lot of great jerseys, a lot of which I'm pondering selling because I just got way too much cool stuff. But uh, the Unleash Hutch 97 throwback is the... It's the no. It's the new go-to jersey every week, all day, every day, no question. Uh, you, you gotta love what this guy's doing. I mean, gosh, Aiden Hutchinson is getting after quarterbacks. He's getting pressures. Uh, like this is my this is my frustration. Like Kool-Aid drinkers are like hanging there. Like guys getting it. He just hasn't got the sacks yet. You know, they're all positive, but everybody else out there, you know, wants to tell you what they, what they think. This guy's gonna get two sacks every game. I mean, he he had a good game against Washington. He had a little bit of a lull. He was still kind of getting there, just not getting there, if you know what I mean. And and he had another big game here, like a sack and a half, a couple tackles for loss, I believe, two, three, four, just regular tackles up for rookie of the year. Love what I saw from 9-7. So you got that going for you, Kool-Aid drinkers. Got to be optimistic. Well, let's talk about Josh Pascal. <laughs> I mean, this guy... Number 93, I mean, this guy looked like he belonged from day one once he hit the football field this past week. I mean, he looked the part in the jersey. He's bigger than you thought. He's thick. This guy's physical. Like, I loved everything, and he popped off the page. I think uh, Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and... You know, he does the uh, Detroit Lions podcast said, you know, Josh Pascal made a bigger impact in two series than Michael Brockers has since he signed with the Lions or since he re-signed and the Lions paid him more to do nothing. Uh, you know, I totally agreed with that. I had to give that a retweet. That was classic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can always go crazy like, uh, you know, Pascal looked great, did this. I'm sure the numbers weren't amazing. I'm sure he's got a lot of room to grow. But seeing him on the football field, seeing that he played 50-some-plus snaps, he was out there for 80% of the snaps, I believe it was. Love to see that from Josh Pascal. And again, it's just a reminder to all the haters, which I'll get to in a little bit, you got to let this stuff play out. I mean, I'm sorry the guy didn't entertain you for the first four or five weeks of the year in a training camp. But this guy's a ball player if you saw him at Kentucky. This is a guy that he wasn't the top pick on my draft list. But he fits what the Lions want to do. He's a big, physical, interior, outside-type rush player and gives you stuff in the run game as well. So, love what I saw from Josh Pascal. He's thick. He's a beast. He's a D-A-W-G. And will only get better as time goes, no question. Let, let, let's, let's, let's drink some Kool-Aid about this defense. Drink it in, man. They looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's terrible. The last few weeks against New England. That's terrible. And and and, and even before against Seattle. That's terrible. I agree, Charles. Absolutely terrible. I mean, they couldn't stop anything. People just going up and down the field scoring points. But they really showed up in this Dallas game. I mean, getting off the field, Kirby showing up, Mr. Okuda just flying all over the field. Mr. Okuda. 15 tackles from the corner position. I think, what, 8, 10 plus of those were solos? 
where no one else is, is getting this guy to the ground except numero uno, Mr. Hefe Okuda. Um, you got to love that. I mean, that guy is playing like an all-pro. Like, he still got a ball caught him on three. People are going to catch passes. But when you come up here physical like that, this guy's playing with type of confidence. Dan Campbell was saying he had a hell of a week of practice. You could see it in his eyes. You have to love that from a guy that all the SOL, all the woe is me, all the haters wrote off long ago, right? Kool-Aid drinkers, optimistic, diehard Lions fans are going to hang in there with this team no matter what. They realize that not all injuries are equal. So when you say, man, we got some injuries, you don't have to hear the haters or anyone say, oh, everyone has injuries. Do they have injuries to your top running back, your top wide receiver, two, three players on your defensive line, your top safety you just paid, et cetera, et cetera? No. You can have injuries and it could be like backup punter, the long snapper, your fourth corner, you know, your third tight end. And then, yeah, you still got injuries, but they don't matter. But when your top players are hurt, it matters. And it's hurt this team. They don't want to make excuses. They don't want to say it. I'll say it for them. Anybody that has a brain looks at where are these injuries? What positions? Are they positions of impact? I would say Swift being out is impactful. I would say Chark not being able to play has hurt this team. I would say Romeo, wherefore out? Art Thou has really hurt this team. I would say Levi. I'm not even going to say his nickname right now because the guy's out for the year and hasn't showed me anything. But you guys know what it is. He has been a big miss for this team. Uh, That is hurt. Tracy being gone. You know, all the tackles he makes, the leadership, right? That's just a few. So... You know, you just have to look at this objectively and don't just don't just blanket statement this and don't just also uh, say, oh, I don't want to hear it. You know, they should be able to win regardless. Well, not really. Um, All right. Let's keep this thing rolling. Let's keep some Kool-Aid flowing. I mean. Team in Dallas had a chance to win this football game late if swag doesn't fumble and it was the first fumble of his entire career. <laughs> I mean, that that Brock Wright play should have been a touchdown. You got to get to the pylon, get your knees up, get in the end zone. But 90 time, 99 times out of 100, give me swag on the one-yard line with f- three, oh wait, our coach is Dan Campbell, four chances to get it in for an end zone touchdown. I'm going to take that. You know what I mean? So we get that. We probably win that football game. But the minute you don't get that, and then you don't tighten up, you a few other things happen. Jared Goff puts the ball on the ground with his baby hands and lots of other turnovers. It, it costs you a ball game. I mean, but right in there. You, you played well for two and a half, three quarters. Could have had it. Didn't get it. You know, all the Kool-Aid drinkers, all the diehards know this. J-Mo is elite. <laughs> this guy, I, I, I know people are starting to get sour. You know, they're starting to get impatient. Oh, you know, we, we should never took this guy. I mean, gosh, he we, we could have taken this guy. We could have taken that guy. Why do they say that? 
because they have physically seen them out there because people want instant gratification because people have no brain sometimes <laughs> jameson williams is a stud an absolute stud this guy is going to be so fun to watch he's a d-a-w-g on the football field he has electric speed <laughs> uh which is something you need in today's game so all, all the all the loyal loyal diehards know that when this guy hits the field i mean it's going to be a difference maker from the moment go mark my words or mark it as choppy would say if he was on the show all right let, let, let's talk about kirby real quick kirby is the top rated rookie safety number one via pff pro football focus like I realize he hasn't played a ton, but now he's forced into action. Did you see him shoot like a missile, lay the lumber, and create a turnover in Dallas? I did. I like to see that. Did you see him drop an interception that he should catch 90 times out of 100? I did. But he was he was by the ball. He's a football magnet. He goes and gets the football. He turns the football over. That's what we need. I love what I'm seeing from the young cat. So there's another draft pick that you should be excited about. You're looking around this defense, and you're seeing Hutch. Unleash Hutch. He's out there creeping on people, and it's like early in his rookie year. I mean, that's one rookie to talk about. Now, on the other side of Hutch and Billy Jean, you got Josh Pascal. You've got this other guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's got a sound drop on the show. Rodrigo. That was the sound drop. Let me do it live for you. Rodrigo. Here's a sound drop. Rodrigo. Real in person. Rodrigo. <laughs> like, he, he, this guy is a beast out there, too, as a rookie. He's flying all over the field. He's fearless. He's a physical beast for his size. You got to love what Rodrigo is doing out there. <laughs> like, you guys think that was a live version or the or the drop? You you can't tell, can you? I mean, it's just so, it's just so good. You just yell it like you're yelling down uh, to the bodego at the corner, uh, see if he's he's out playing stickball. Rodrigo, something like that. Um, but not only is he great on the field, are you seeing these game day fits where my guys in in cowboy gear head to toe? He's got the hats. He's got the chaps. I mean, this guy's got the mustache. I mean, he's just incredible. Uh, The guy's going to be a coal legend here in the city of Detroit if he stays healthy and continues to make plays. So let me get back to my point. Hutch, Pascal, Rodrigo, (laughs) Kirby, Uh, Mr. Okuda, basically a rookie out there. you know what I mean? Lots of young cats lean on that defense, starting to kind of come into his own, make a few plays. So that's over half your defense that's in year one or year two, starting to play a bit better. Lots to be optimistic, to be excited about. And, and I hate to even do this. I hate to bring down the show. You guys know I try to do a positive, optimistic Detroit Kool-Aid show. But I just want to like let you hear how ridiculous these other people sound. These people are probably people in your office, in your family, friends of yours, people that you don't want to ever talk to anymore because all they do is hate on the Lions. 
this this is what they sound like. This is the SOL. I've been watching this team for 32 years type people. These are the people that think because we didn't win 20 years ago that we won't win next year. Like, makes no sense. These are the people that every time something bad happens to the Lions, they, they think we're cursed. They think, oh, it's just the Lions. <laughs> it can't be bad luck. It can't be, you know, a situation. It's because it's the Lions of why it happened. The, these are the people that are overreaction theater. These are the people that just have a dark cloud hanging over them 24-7, 365. Let me tell you what they're saying and, and why it's so garbage. Hutch is overrated. I mean, we absolutely missed on that pick. Really? It's like three, four games in and people start breaking that out. You got to be kidding me. People saying Brad Holmes doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he doesn't know how to draft. Oh, I knew better. I wouldn't have taken all these injured players. Really? Because for all you knew, Josh Pascal had some injuries in college and he had cancer. But he wasn't like injured coming into the draft. J-Mo. Everybody knew was injured and everyone loved that pick when it was made. I'm sorry he wasn't there week one, two, three, four, five, or six for you. And now you think you would have rather taken some other bum ski or sat at 32 and hoped that a player got to you. Um, Brad Holmes has taken some risks, some calculated risks. But these SOL, these ridiculous people that are deeming this guy a bad drafter, a bad evaluator of talent, I mean... That's just absolutely ridiculous. Here's a bullet point I got uh, that I want to get out. Matt Derry, say it ain't so, my brother. <laughs> like you said on your Locked On Lions pod that you do every day, that you were doing every day for six, seven years, that I listen to every day. You're telling me that you're done? You're telling me if the Lions don't win in the next two days, you're hanging it up? You're telling me <laughs> that you can't take it anymore? Come on, man. Come on, at Dairy Speaks. I want all the Kool-Aid drinkers to sh shoot him a message and say, uh-uh, <laughs> you're not bailing like that. We're all busy. We all have lots of things on our plate. Yes, are there days where I'm like, oh, man, I could not do the pod and do 80 million other things? Yes. Do I get frustrated with this losing we've been forced through, through my fandom and years before? Yes. <laughs> but... Matt Derry, you're going to continue to do Lockdown Lions. I'm going to continue to serve up Detroit Kool-Aid because I'm telling you, I don't care how bad it gets this year. I don't care what the win total is at this point. If you look at the big picture, there are players, there's cap space, there's a future. This is The bottom's not going to fall out on this. So, Matt Derry, you're not quitting your pot. No, no, no. <laughs> you're going to be talking Lions because it's going to pay you back in spades in the near future. So, we're putting that to bed right now. Next on, on my list of these, these woe is me, oh, poor us, well, it's never going to get back. I'm just going to quit on the team after week seven in 2022 because I can't take it anymore. Jared Goff. Went from great, oh, man, we might have ourselves extend this guy. Oh, man, like, look at our offense. Tops in the league, too. This guy's garbage. This guy can't play. This guy's got to go now. Really? 
<laughs> is that where we're going? I mean, I kind of agree with some of that. I might get to that later. But the guy can't go from not good to we might have something here to get him out. <laughs> you just got to calm that down, everybody. I'll talk you off the ledge later or I'll give you a solution possibly. But he's probably somewhere in the middle and he's our guy for now. Dan Campbell. These are others talking. This is not me. Dan Campbell has no idea what he's doing. Dan Campbell can't coach. Dan Campbell's all gimmicks, all phrases, all caffeine and coffee. He doesn't know what he's doing on the football field. Really? Is that your take? The guy was a player. He's been in the league, what, 10-plus years, probably as an assistant, as a coach. I, I'm sorry all of his decisions haven't worked out for you. I'm sorry that you'd rather now go back to the Reverend Caldwell where we punt every time on fourth and inches. I apologize that Dan Campbell hasn't won every home game that you expected him to. But this guy not only knows ball, Dan Campbell is the type of guy you want to ride with because he's not going to turn his back on you. He's not going to make excuses. He's not going to huddle and hide in the corner like he said recently. No. Yes, he uses his gut sometimes. Yes, he's going to be wrong. Yes, he's going to do some goofy things. But this guy's a leader of men, as I said on previous pods. He's tough. He's also, as a player's coach type mindset, he's got everything you look for except the W's right now. He's waiting for some of his ballers to get back, like, I don't know, J-Mo, Romeo, uh, Chark, um, some of his defenders, so that he can get a football team like he's been waiting for. And if it doesn't come this year, 2023, Dan Campbell is going to have a loaded, you know, uh, tool set, tool belt, all strapped up, ready to go. Then you can judge the guy. But don't tell me he doesn't know football. Don't tell me get him out now. Okay, we gave him a six-year, five-year deal, and you're you're booting him after a year and a half? Not even a year and a half? No, that's not happening. So all you, all you people out there that want to talk that garbage, no. Let, let me just give you a couple more. I know some of you are getting frustrated because you don't want to hear this, but you hear it every day from all these uh, people out there. Man, these are what the other people say. Man, we always find a way to lose. Only the Lions. Oh, again. Who? What other team would do that? That, that, that would never happen. Let, let's combo meal this take. Man, the refs are always against us. We never get a call. Poor us. Oh, that, that play in the first quarter, man, that cost us the game. I can't believe it. Both of those takes are garbage, too, by all you people. Yes, are we all allowed to complain about the officiating? Sure. Do we get frustrated when some ridiculous rule happens that's never happened to another team, it happens to our team, and then they have to go into the rule book and change things? Yes. But don't but don't don't pull this out, man. Don't make these type of ridiculous claims every single week. Sure, sometimes if a call goes against you late in a ball game and costs you, talk about it. Don't talk about some knick-knack call in the second quarter early in the third quarter that was marginal or, you know, oh, Dan Campbell should have challenged. We all saw it was short. What does it matter? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to go over this all day, every day, but don't give me refs all day and don't give me, oh, we always find a new way to lose. No. Get that out of here. 
And the last one I got here is the poor us, the boo-hoo, the I'm quitting on my team so I can go out to the apple orchard or, oh, it's so beautiful out. I'd rather mow my lawn than watch the lions. Child, please, please, please take that garbage right out with your lawnmower clippings to the curb because I don't want to hear it. This is our football team. This is our NFL team. You're not going to go and play tiddlywinks Sunday at 1 p.m. You don't need to go pick up apples and cider Sunday at 1 p.m. You don't need to go out and trim your lawn on Sundays. You could do that any other time. What you need to do is support this team. Stop crying in your Cheerios and start showing up to Ford Field and getting loud and getting rowdy and... Make sure you make time for this team. You support them through thick and thin. And then when they win, when they win a division, when they win a playoff game, when they win the ultimate prize, you could be fired up about it rather than saying what else you were doing rather than watching the Lions. All right, everybody. I'm a little fired up. I think I'm sweating over here. I need to take commercial break, get my great sponsors in. When I come back, I got a big hot take, a big segment you're not going to want to miss, along with the Miami preview and my ultimate score prediction. You got to drink that in, everybody. I'll be right back. Drink it in, man. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, I'm back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our great sponsors. Again, I've been giving the shout-outs. I'm going to continue to do it. Bryce Johnson, Fantasy Football Fellowship. Check it out if you love fantasy football. Whether you're a person of faith or not, he's just got great content, great takes. And if you are either a churchgoer or a um a believer or somebody of faith, like this is a tremendous way to galvanize a small group of people, men in your church, to read these great Bible um mess or these gosh, they're almost like devotionals where he just sort of ties up football and faith all into one and Go watch his YouTube show. I mean, the guy is just absolutely gold on the mic, way better than I'll ever be, and uh, doing real cool things. And uh, you probably can't do it this year, but if you if you like think you're a GM, you're like, man, I could do better than Brad Holmes. You need to go over to PFF All-22 Fantasy Football, uh, Pro Football Focus, incredible platform. You can draft a team of 53 guys. No, they value the position, so you got to take quarterbacks and edge rushers and corners and wideouts more so than, you know, the other positions like a lot of people want to take here in Detroit, which is they want to take linebackers, they want to take uh, safeties, running backs. Like, those positions aren't valued in PFF All-22 because they're not as important in real football. So go check them out, Reality Sports Online, all the great sponsors we always talk about, Anchor Pods, Spotify. Um, I, I just try to give them all shout-outs because they, they help the show, and I think they're great products. So go check those out. All right, let's get into this. L- listen up real tight. Tur- turn your turn your podcast up, turn your phone up, turn your car stereo up, wherever you're listening to this, because here I go. Bryce Young needs to be a Detroit Lion in 2023. You're like, but okay. I've I've already heard this. I've said this for a while now. You know why I'm talking about this right now? Because the Detroit Lions right now have the number one pick in the 2023 draft. Bonocri. I want the Lions to win some games. I don't want them to just suck the rest of the year and get the number one pick. Okay, neither do I, but let's look at the big prize. Let's look at the big picture. You need this player at quarterback. This guy is a franchise changing player but okay i hear from the experts he's too small nobody his size and weight has ever dominated at quarterback like you're saying this guy's different i'm telling you he comes from a great family this guy's a winner don't tell me he's too small and that Chops in the D, my buddy Chops, he comes on the show. We have a ton of fun talking ball. I think I got him on here at the beginning of November again if our schedules match up. He loves Jared Goff. Jared Goff played horrible last year. Jared Goff played immaculate early in this season. Now Jared Goff is playing, uh, how should I put this nicely, like garbage recently. So I went on a little rant earlier saying you can't say he's real good and resign him and now you can say get him out. I'm here right now today saying get him out. <laughs> he's got to go. And here's why. He's got to go because we can save 20 plus million dollars 
by letting him go after this year with a very marginal. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I want to say it's 8 to $10 million total in dead cap. Jared Goff, a great guy. I'm sure he's wonderful. Does he have a beautiful fiance? Yes. Is he probably a good human being? I'm sure. Would I mind him as my buddy, my best man, my neighbor? No, that'd be fine. But he, he can't play quarterback here in Detroit for the next four plus years. He can't. I can't have it. And, and the reason is he's not going to get a ton better. He's not. His tiny hands, he throws wobbly passes. He hits guys when they're wide open. He can't throw the ball deep very well. He can't scramble. He drifts in the pocket. He's fumbles it every time somebody touches him. He has an aptitude of throwing pick sixes. These things aren't going to get fixed. I need a game changer at quarterback. And right now, if the season ended today, I can step to the podium with the number one pick and say, the Detroit Lions select... Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. That's what I want to hear more than anything else that's going on right now. I know we want W's. I know you guys want to feel good. I know right now we have the number one pick. If we fumble through the rest of the year, we will continue to have the number one pick. This guy has won the Heisman Trophy. He can throw, he can run, he's a leader, he wins, he has everything I want. He's not going to be in the police blotter. He's on the face of the franchise type player. This guy has a connection already with J-Mo, which I think is the second or third most important player in this entire organization. He's a humble kid. Pick this guy number one and set yourself up for years. To come with Bryce Young. Let, let me say that one more time so you guys can hear that. That just had a nice ring to it. Keep this top pick. Let me let me put it. Pick him number one. Set yourself up for years to come. Select Bryce Young. That that I'm gonna continue to say that. I swear. I know when you get into the draft process, people get nitpicked, and I'm going to like this guy, and there's four or five quarterbacks I like. Don't get me wrong. But this is the pick, and you have the opportunity to keep it, to own it, and to be proud of it. So this is the thing I want everybody to think about. Sometimes I get in this dilemma in fantasy football. It's like I want to win, but like I'm going against a team that has a lot of Lions players or I'm like, man, I really want to beat this team in fantasy, but I kind of win either way because if I lose, that probably means Swift or Hawkinson or whoever they have as the Lions blew up, right? Oh, Lions fans, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, drink this in real quick. Drink it in, man. If the Lions do what I say a few weeks ago, which is lose the next couple, then go on a stretch where they win like seven out of their last eight or nine, you're going to be feeling good about your football team, and that's that's fine too. But 
If that doesn't happen, get excited right now that you could have a top selection. Even if you're picking in the top couple, this guy or another one of the elite guys I like will be there. And it's 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 another little bit of short-term pain for big-time gain. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, losing a bunch more games this year could help your our franchise for the next 10, 12, 15 years. If we get a player like Bryce Young and team him up with J-Mo and some of the defensive talent we have. And get that guy I've been saying that can make plays off schedule that can make the throws, that can run when he needs to, that can be a leader, but also can do it in a humble, quality way to bring his team along. Like, I'm so here for it right now. Like, this Lions team is so much better from a roster and salary cap perspective than when they took Stafford number one. Taking Bryce Young helps our cap. And it could, hold on, no, no, no. Now, scratch that. Rewind the tape. It will change our franchise forever. (laughs) You heard it here first, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast on October 26th, 2022. Take him number one. Set yourself up for years to come. Select Bryce Young. All right, there you go. I'm sure most of you love that. Some of you probably are going to take me to task for it, but I believe it with every fiber of my being right here, right now. All right, let's get to this Miami preview. Get this thing rolling. We'll get up out of here for the week. You know, we talk about the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this is a good team. I mean, I heard people on the radio that shall not be mentioned on this show. I actually heard some positivity from this guy in the last couple of days. Hey, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. Gator, like, flipped his script, and now he all of a sudden he's, hey, you know, he's agreeing with me. The injuries are at key positions, and, you know, look at the big picture, and it's going to be okay, and I want to get, you know, this done in the draft, and, you know, hopefully he's pounding the Will Anderson uh, table already. Why? Because he's sort of a linebacker, which means the midday show at 97.1 wants him because he has LB somewhere in his name. But uh, Bryce Young would be that pick if we have the top pick. There's really no question in my mind. Um, but you got other people talking heads out there saying, I think this is a winnable game. I think this is looking good. Like, Miami is eat a lot of good teams. I mean, they have elite Speed all over the football field. I mean, Waddle, Tyreek, you know, Mike Gusecki as a tight end is a fast pass-catching tight end. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a big problem for the Lions. You know, to me, Tua, I mean, this guy can be pressed and pressured. I think he moves decently well, but I also think that he can get him jittery get after the left-handed quarterback, try to get the ball out. That's an opportunity for the Lions if they can get him off his spot, off his rhythm. He's a really great passer when he has time and also throwing in rhythm. I mean, he puts the ball where it needs to be most times. So you got to look out for that. Um, you know, Miami has some solid pass rushers. and You know, got a, good corners. 
really like their safeties. I mean, Von Holland is a guy that I really liked in the draft, and he's turned out to be better than advertised. I mean, this guy's already like team captain, making turnovers, plays all over the football field. But uh, you definitely have to look out for the kid they took from the U. Shout out Benny Blades. Um, he can get after the quarterback, no question. So, you know, their defense is no joke. They got speed all over the football field. They got a more than capable quarterback, in my opinion. And, like, my take on Tua when he's coming out and why I kind of liked him as a player but kind of would have passed on him with the Lions was not dynamic of what he does, but if you protect him and if he has these speed weapons, yeah, he can get it to his playmakers. He just... I always thought he would just be like a consistent quality game manager winner type player. And that's kind of what he's becoming. You know, people want to ride him out of town. Now they're, they love the guy. I mean, he's had the injury concerns. Those have been scary, but to me too, is a guy that just shows up and he's just trying to do what he's got to do to get his team a dub ski, get him a win. So, you know, tough going against those type of competitors, you know, for the lions, they're going to need to slow this game down. I think, I mean, Sometimes we talk about it where, like, if you have a high-flying, fast team coming in, part probably for the Lions just take the air out of the football. I mean, at this point, no one really cares if you win, you know, 41-31 or if you win 10-7. They'd rather just have you win or be in the ball game with a chance to win it late. So I take the air out of the football. I feature Swift, a lot of short passes, a lot of chain-moving stuff to Hawk, to ARSB. Amon Ra um, should be healthy. Kind of got bogus shake, if you ask me, on that whole Dallas deal. Um, referee just kind of yanking him out of the game or whatever. I mean, I know we have music for that here on the show. It sounds a little something like this. Like, you're telling me it wasn't a little bit of a conspiracy type thing when, like, the first series in Dallas... Saint Breezy gets hit a little bit in the head and they just pull him right out of the game and there's happens to be a new rule where now he can't come back even though he he passed the protocol. Psh, come on man. That's just That's the NFL always like overreacting where like one bad thing happens and now they change a rule. You know, it's like a, a commissioner in your fantasy league. Like there are things that'll happen, but like unless it's an extreme end of the world case you normally don't change the rule that moment. You say like, hey, let's talk about that next year. Or, hey, let's look into this deeper. Sometimes the NFL, and I get this as health and safety. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for that. But I'm definitely not for the NFL just seeing one or two gruesome injuries and being like, all right, now we have a rule where if you're any wobbly whatsoever, you're you're out of the game for good. That. That that seems a little crazy to me. So I think you got a bad shake on that. It's bad timing again. Um, but he's going to pass the protocol. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be dynamic. You know, this guy's due for another big football game. I'd put him at eight-plus catches, probably finds the end zone, and hopefully has a big one either in the run or the pass game where he uh, makes a big impact. The, the Lions defense, to me, they – they need to play like they did in Dallas. And, uh, you know, I know they ended up giving up points. That game wasn't very close late due to all the turnovers by number 16 for the Detroit Lions. Chops his boy. But uh, they, they 
the get off the field on third down, play pretty sticky coverage, A-O, O, baby, um, seem to be back at it, kind of a little more tightened coverage, doing his thing a little bit more, which I like to see. Um, they, I'm not saying they need to be the steel curtain or they need to shut everybody down. They just need to be competitive, keep the game close, get pressure on the quarterback. Things like that is what I'll be looking for. They really need to do that because if they come out and don't play good ball, I could see a lot of deep touchdowns and a lot of frustration based on what Miami can do offensively. I don't want to see a couple 50-yard touchdowns in this ball game for the opposing team. So tighten up that D, play a little bit more like you did this past week, which would be nice. Um, what else? What else? I'm curious. This is kind of my question for the game. Will this be a game where Miami dictates play, plays their game, or will this be a DET, a Detroit City type of game where they rise up and they dictate? They say you're in you're in Detroit. What up, doe? You're in our city. We're gonna play our way. And you know how we play? We play smash mouth football. We run behind number 58, Penne Sewell. We're going to hit you in the mouth. We're going to hit you, dink and dunk you. We're going to bleed that clock, and we're going to beat you. That That's really what I'd like to see from the Lions. So, you know, we'll see what happens on Sunday. If you ask me, my score prediction and how this one is going down, I got this one at 28-23. And unfortunately... I've went with the Lions Dubsky every week up till now. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. And it's not because I come on this show and I want to be right. Because you guys know that's not true. And I'm always serving up that Kool-Aid. Always rooting on this team. I just feel like I can't go 17 weeks giving you win scores. I feel like this is a tough matchup. I feel like they're not fully set yet. Like I said, remember... Four weeks ago, I was like, I could see him losing to Dallas. I could see him losing to Miami. I could see him maybe losing to Green Bay. I could see them picking up a couple dubs, getting smashed by Buffalo, and then going on a nice run because J-Mo, the new number nine, will be out there, and our defenders will be rolling hopefully at that point, and things could be better. So I'm giving this a tight game, five-point score. I don't I don't know what the what the totals are. I bet it's probably a four to seven point spread. You know, people taking the Dolphins on the road. I think, you know, if a couple offensive players rise up and if this defense plays above average, this is a winnable ball game. But you're going to have to deal with that speed and you're going to have to keep guys in front of you and you're going to have to make them play your game. So um, I just hope they can prevent those big plays and I hope they can score enough. Got to show they can score again because they scored a lot early and lost, and then they haven't scored a damn thing recently and lost. So show me you can score. Defense, show me you can play. Special teams, show me you can, I don't know, chase down the ball when it goes out of the end zone and when people do a fair catch every time. Um, And, you know, surprise me. Go win this game. Get a big dub ski. So, everybody, more Lions football. Big rivalry game this week in college ball. Go Blue. And I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Okay, everybody. I'm out. Back to back. Start the play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the line.
drink it in, man. 